0: You owe me back to the EDM Podcast, my name is Sam Matler, I'm your host and if you're new to the show, this is a podcast, a talk show where I interview successful artists, producers, engineers, industry experts, you name it. If they're involved in music production in some way or shape or form and they're interesting, I interview them. This interview is with an artist called Science, S-Y-E-N-C-E. He's a really great producer, Uh, he's got a ton of stuff to share on how to learn, how to develop as an artist, he went to Purimind, did the complete program there, we talk about that, he moved to LA uh, to pursue his artist career, so we talk about that as well, should you move to LA if this is a serious thing for you. We talk about how he balanced college and uh, music production, so he actually has a degree in aerospace engineering, Um, but managed to get really good at production while studying that and finally we talk about what it's like working for Hyperbits. Uh, Zach Science works for Hyperbits who's been on the podcast twice if you haven't listened to those episodes check them out they're also great interviews but this interview is jam-packed with wisdom uh, with advice with tips so make sure to take some notes and if you like it check out the full show notes at ednprod.com forward slash 91. That is edmpro.com forward slash 91. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course, many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course head over to EDMFoundations.com welcome back to the edm podcast today i'm joined by zach also known as science zach how's it going
1: pretty good man how about yourself
0: i'm good man i'm good it's a sunny morning here 9 a.m getting ready to crush the day now tell us A little bit about uh, who you are and your background. How did you get into music initially and how did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, cool. So I'm Zach. Uh, I'm 25 years old. I originally, I've kind of always been a musical person. I've, I kind of, you know, I took uh, guitar lessons and piano lessons growing up. Um, I went to school in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's where I'm from. Uh, just normal, like middle school, high school, but I, I did off and on music stuff in there. um, But I didn't really get into producing necessarily until kind of college, my freshman year. So I actually, the first introduction to it I ever had, my uh, stepdad, he gave me a copy of Logic, I think it was Logic 9, um, yeah. like back in like what, 2010 or something. And uh, he was just like, hey, like... I know you like music a lot and you're always listening to your iPod and stuff. So maybe you should try um, taking a stab at making music. And I kind of wrote it off as like, Oh, here's my parent trying to get me to do something. Cause I think <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I almost, looking back, I wish I had like taken w- that way more seriously way back then. Cause you know, I became obsessed with it um, recently and like, and since then, but, but yeah, so I kind of got introduced with that and then, My freshman year of college, I pretty much was in my dorm room whenever I had free time just messing with Logic. And uh, at that point in time, I was a little more interested. I wasn't as interested in electronic music like I am today. It was more kind of like indie music and sometimes electronic influence stuff like things like MGMT and Passion Pit and stuff like that. Mm. And so I was kind of you know, recording my guitar, my bass, um, you know, play, just finding some presets that were stocked to Logic and making synth sounds and stuff. But I had really no idea what I was doing. But what I really enjoyed was just composing tracks and, like, making songs to just listen to. And I probably made, like, a hundred over the course of, like, a year and a half, just songs wow. that were just in Logic, like, with my guitar, bass, and, like, stock synths from Logic. And, you know, no mixing, no understanding of, like, any of that stuff. But I was able to just get through like a ton of music, which was pretty cool. And um, from there, after about my freshman year, I was kind of like, wow, like I actually have been spending so much time doing this. And it's been like, you know, I I have so much fun making songs. I kind of want to look into this a little more seriously. And at the time, like I was so I went to school for um, engineering in college for aerospace, which has like (laughs) nothing to do with music, really. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty busy and, you know, I was, I was, you know, a social person. So I was going out and, and then when I, my free time. So I was usually spending the hours from like, you know, 10 PM on weeknights to like, you know, upwards like three or four in the morning, like working uh-huh. on music just cause I would get lost in it. And, you know, I would just, I would stay up and, and for, force myself to make songs. And it was probably about my second year that I was like, I found out about Ableton and I really started to get into electronic music, like specifically guys that were killing it back in like 2012. So people like Dylan Francis and Porter Robinson and Skrillex and all Mm -hmm. those guys that like really kind of helped grow electronic music and like EDM into what it is today. And so once I found out all of them um, were kind of using other synths and different DAWs like Ableton and things like Massive and stuff like that, I started to kind of reevaluate the kind of music I was making, and I really got into electronic music specifically and kind of just trying to get anywhere near the quality and the awesomeness of those artists, which at the time was a pretty daunting task because... That was like before YouTube really had blown up with like production tutorials. There was really no such thing as like electronic music production schools. I mean, I'm sure there were, and I just didn't really know. But to me, back then, it felt as if there weren't. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, people didn't really understand what was going on at that point. It was just starting to become like really popular. And now when you type in electronic music production on Google, it's like insane how much comes up and how many schools there are and just people who make a living off of tutorials on YouTube and things. It was just a different world back then. So um, I I had to do a lot of just kind of trial and error and learn learn by doing, which was funny enough was the uh, slogan of my college, my university was learn by doing. Um, So I actually did that a lot there. And I ended up kind of, I was was then by, did that for a couple of years. And um, meanwhile, while that was happening, my good friend, Braden, who I went to college with, he was in a fraternity um at Cal Poly and he was DJing a lot and kind of getting into the whole like DJ scene. Not not really producing or anything, but just like, you know, um DJing his frat parties and stuff like that. And we became really good friends um after meeting in a class uh freshman year. And by the time we were kind of mid-sophomore year and I had started getting into electronic music, and he was DJing and I was we were kinda, I think we were at Coachella, and we were watching a show and i just remember us both kind of being like oh like this is so cool like i really wish like i could be doing this sort of both mm-hmm. on our own and then we realized like well we both do something that the other person doesn't do and we're friends and we could help each other we could both grow and both of the things we're not good at and um we kind of decided right then and there to like partner up and start a duo um so it was quite a while ago you know we probably technically formed about four or five years ago. And, but you know, once we were to get, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we had all these crazy dreams about stuff, but the, the quality of the music just really wasn't there for a few more years. Like it was really kind of a lot of trial and error still. And, you know, I I was definitely focusing on the production more and Braden was really busy with his fraternity and school and doing DJ stuff. And, um, but we we both grew and I obviously like became super obsessed with the production side and the engineering side because of my background of doing engineering so True. I really got into mixing and sound design and all that stuff and you know it probably took about all of college pretty much for us to get to the point where I was making tracks that you know had potential to be something um if you know if packaged the right way and uh, and we kind of both, I think realized that starting uh, I believe it was our 4th year of college and at that point you know I was sort of at that stage where I was kind of like okay I can either do aerospace engineering and like go get a job right after college um and you know make a good living and work my way up in that industry or I can really give like music a try and and um kind of go for it and I had I remember actually a specific time where I had an internship my It was basically before my senior year. I had an internship with uh, the Air Force um, in New Mexico, and I was basically like, you know, an intern engineer there, kind of really getting to experience what the world would be like if I did that. And I just like hated it. Like there was nothing about it that I was enjoying. I mean, I I really enjoyed school. Cal Cal Poly's aerospace program is really cool and the kids were really dope and i had a great time and i mean it was really challenging but at the same time like especially our senior year it was it was a very open environment and they we we basically as a whole class got to like design um this like satellite system it was really dope yeah. and we had like just so much freedom and i found out that that's not at all how it is in, in most workforces in that industry it's very yeah, so. What like, was it
0: like like what did you not like about it
1: um I think for me, like a big one was the people that I was with. I'm, I feed off of other people's energy so much, yeah. like whether that's music or just the way I feel on a day to day basis. Um, I'm just, I'm very susceptible to other, how other people are feeling in a room. Mm-hmm. And I just got like an overall sense of like, people just weren't stoked to be where they were or if they right. were they were so obsessed with it and like and I wasn't <laughs> that into it so like I couldn't relate to them about how yeah. much they loved it because I was just like oh like yeah I guess this is cool but like I'm not really you know I'm not waking up and going to sleep thinking about it so we'd go on like lunch breaks and I'd either sit with someone and they wouldn't talk at all because they were kind of awkward and just didn't want to communicate with me or we would only talk about work and like they would just be so into it and I you know I just kind of knew right away that it wasn't for me and you know I, it was just one internship one community I'm sure that's not how all aerospace is and obviously there's probably tons of different companies with different atmospheres and I do have friends who are still in that um still work in the aerospace world that do really like their jobs so it's not a diss to to engineering or to aerospace mm-hmm. it was just more it just not for me you know in my experience i was just kind of like there's just no way i want to be doing this like at this age like i feel like if right. i'm gonna do this i can do it way later when i've actually failed at music but right now i feel like i haven't <laughs> given music the proper you know uh attempt it makes uh, sense
0: but but just to interrupt like was that a hard because i know if i if i spent like how many years did you do four five
1: yeah, In college, it was like four and a quarter. We were on the quarter okay. system. So it's basically four years.
0: Right. Like if I spent four years studying something and paying a bit of money to do it, like I would find it hard to like put that aside. Even if I think, oh yeah, I can do it later. Like was that hard at all? Or was it easy because you just didn't want to do it at all?
1: I feel like for me, it I didn't really associate the money spent on college and the time commitment spent on On learning aerospace. Um, I didn't associate that with necessarily my future as much, I Mm -hmm. guess. It was more like I'm spending the money and the time to grow and to figure out what I wanna do and to get really good at it. It doesn't matter what technically that is, but this is the time in my life where like I'm gonna just. You know, because when you go to university, like, sure, the classes and your degree are important because that's the only like proof you have going out into the workforce of like yeah. what you have a skill in. But the real like growth and learning I did was everything else like, you know, like social learning, like friendships and networking and, you know, um, meeting all my friends that are going to be like friends for the rest of my life for the most part. And also mu- making music and getting really good at production and composition because now that is what I truly want to do. And um, so I think for me, I was really fortunate to be able to get so obsessed with a hobby and do it so frequently that I actually got to a professional like level of that by the time I was finished with college. So I kind of just had a lot of faith in myself that, you know what, if I really do this, like I'm going to make it work and it's going to happen. And I'm, I'll figure out a way to make a living so that my parents like don't kill me for like being a, you know, a starving musician. And I think I just had enough confidence in my own skills and myself to really just kind of say, you know what, if I truly don't like aerospace, I don't care that I spent all that time getting that degree. Like I will make it work in this other way, um way with music. And I always have it as a backup if I truly, truly needed it and that was sort of i think the mentality i started to have right around like end of my 3rd year beginning of my 4th year when i kind of realized like okay like mu- i'm actually getting good at better at music and i kind of understand it more and i see what like the future i can see the the light at the end of the tunnel kind of kind of feeling mm-hmm. is what i had and once you have that and you're super passionate it's like a no brainer that that's what you need to be doing like it's pretty it's almost impossible to not do that at least in my experience
0: Makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a great mentality to have. I know people who just go to university and they're like, "Oh, I'm studying this, and I, I don't care about it that much." But whatever, and they kind of coast through college, university. But it, like, you have a, a huge amount of time. I think during that stage of your life, and it's also a time where you do need to grow, like take responsibility, learn all this stuff. People don't take advantage of it, in my opinion. If there's someone listening to this who's like. Two years in, to a degree, they don't really care about. Because I get this question a lot, uh, and they're making music. Do you think it's a good I- idea for them to quit or like keep going?
1: Um, I'll, I'll I'll be like super frank with this, and I'm like the perfect example. I mean, granted, you know, I'm my own person. I don't know these potential people like how difficult their lives are and things like that. But if I was able to learn music production to the level I did in four years while also getting a degree in aerospace engineering at Cal Poly, which is like a pretty good engineering school. And, um, also having a pretty decent, like social life. Like I was out and like having fun. I wasn't just always doing it. I'm pretty sure that if you truly want to get good at something, you'll find the time to do it in and out your day. Like Mm -hmm. even if you have other things, it's not like you need, you know, 12 hours every day to get good at making music. You really only need to sit there for like two to three, four hours a day and and grow. And you can make those hours happen even if you're at a university taking classes because no matter how hard your degree is and what you're doing, like there's just no way that you have the amount of work on your plate where you can't make you can't you know have time manage and get it done. And that's a skill you need to get. Like time time managing can be hard to learn, and some people it's just mm. it's, it's just not there forte but that that is one thing i'd say that i th- th- i did get really good at because i had to m- juggle like you know my degree plus my music plus like being having a decent life and not being stressed all the time so i'd say like it's always beneficial to have some sort of a backup plan and to also yep. be simultaneously growing in multiple ways because just because you don't like something necessarily or you're like not interested in it doesn't mean that it's not there's not value there in some way, even if the value isn't um, specifically about the content of what you're learning, but more just like work ethic and networking and socializing and that stuff. So I, I don't I don't recommend anyone drop out of school unless. Mm-hmm that, that like light at the end of the tunnel I was talking about is so apparent and so clear that it's almost like it would be a bad business decision for them to stay in school. And I'm saying like, you gotta be, you gotta know like, okay, I have like, you know, songs that are getting tons of streams. I have people approaching me wanting me to play shows. Like you gotta have that sort of like I feel like green light in order to actually drop out of college. If you're not even a good producer yet, like let's say you, you know, you make songs, you've been working for a year or two years, but you're not making anywhere near the caliber that, you know, the people you're looking up to are making. I don't really see the justification in dropping out of school because realistically, I mean, for every hundred people that ask that same question, maybe one, maybe two will actually make a career in music it's, it's not an easy industry to jump into. And you know, the passion's one thing, but if you're passionate, um, if you're truly passionate about it, like you'll make it work, even if you have other things on your plate. And that's kind of, I think the biggest advice I'd say is try to do both. Um, worst case, finish your degree and then take some time off and, and do music. Um, but I just, if you're already in school, like, I just couldn't imagine dropping out of college mostly because I was having fun too. It wasn't like I was right, yeah. going to some, yeah, like community college where I would literally show up for the classes and then I had my own life outside of it. I was in a four-year university in a different state that I'd always wanted to live in. So I was like having the time of my life. So I wanted, I, I had to make the school work in order to mm. keep doing that. And um, I was just fortunately, like, you know, had enough drive to learn the other stuff outside of it too. And and just kind of have that uh, start to take off, which was which was really fortunate. But, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't ever recommend someone dropping out of school unless it's like obvious that you can do it and yeah. you're going to make a living.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Two things. People tend to underestimate how stressful it can be trying to do something full-time or like set up something full-time, like a business or trying to be a full-time producer. Like if you give yourself six to 12 months, it's like, oh, I need to be making a full-time income in 12 months like that's super stressful and I think a lot of the time it's much easier and better to be studying or working a full-time job and making music on the side like you said because you don't need 12 hours a day and the second thing that I was going to say was I heard a quote once which was don't jump until you can see the landing and that's kind of what you just talked about like like don't make a significant decision before you can see At least some success, or like a good trajectory, or whatever. Um, you spoke about time management. Like, were there any strategies that you use to optimize your time and like schedule that out? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that, like finding the time or creating the time, and then when they do, using it effectively.
1: So, honestly, it's even though it was only. 5 years ago it it's still sort of a blur just because so much happened happens in your life like when you're going to university and like when you're out like doing that just like you know you're by what age you are and everything like specifically all i can remember at least in the first few years of producing and getting to the point where i was like confident as a producer um i honestly just remember being on youtube for like all the in the like the late hours of the night, like from like I'd be I'd get on you know be at Monday night I'll finish my work my my homework or whatever it's like eight p.m. and I would get on my laptop and I would be on my laptop making music or watching tutorials or reading like posts from like eight p.m. to like two three four in the morning sometimes and then wake up and go to class like I just was so obsessed with it I think that I just made the time just kind of happened because my. My brain would like the minute I'd start learning about it, I would just keep going and keep going until I was physically forced to like do something else because I had like a deadline for a paper or Mm. a class or something like that. Um, But if you're struggling, I know by the time I was like a fourth year when I really had a lot of schoolwork and I was like very stressed with that um the way i kind of and i also really wanted to utilize my weekends to like have fun and stuff and not be working necessarily so what i did was i just kind of scheduled on my calendar, like blocked out time, um, where I forced myself to, to work on music. So mm-hmm. I kind of like, and, and this was pretty easy for me. Cause like I said, like I was just so, I looked forward to making music every day. Like that was like my free time. So I would be excited by that. So it was more me blocking out time to do other stuff and then me just doing music in the, in the gaps. Makes so, sense. if I had like a test or something, I'd be like, all right I got to study for this test. So I block out a time to go study. And I would like go to the library to do it so it was like an event, right? It was like a thing I had to go do. Um And you know, I just did a lot of cramming, a lot of uh, a lot of late nights, um, lots of, you know, Sundays just making music all day and in night you know, it was just kind of like a constant battle of like, I just, I I would set deadlines for when things were due and I would get, i make sure to get them done. And, um, fortunately I was able to, you know, do pretty well in school and simultaneously get through those years of production that everyone has to get through where everything you make sounds like complete crap, but you're (laughs) getting better, you know? And, uh, once you get through that though, it's, it's like super satisfying. And I, yeah. I do recommend like, even if it's just a hobby and like you, you don't really, you, there's just no, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. F- um, and you're not going to see it for a while. Like I wouldn't recommend stopping producing cause you never know. Like you, there's always people that like stumble on like secret tips and tricks or they're just naturally better than others and they can get through stuff faster and have that quality, um, pretty early on. So It's, uh, you know, it took a while, but I'd say pretty much by my, like, after like four years of producing is when I was like, all right, like I can, if I keep doing this for the next like five to 10 years, like I will get really pretty good at it. And like, I'll be able to, you know, make this a career. And that's kind of when just like a segue, when I sort of started thinking about like production school and then, um, kind of pure mind and like that whole thing. So.
0: Yeah. I want to get to that in just a moment. Uh, you said you made like a hundred songs in a year and a half. Do you think making a quantity of songs helped you?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. There's actually this really cool um, uh, video by a gentleman named Ira Glass. I'm not Mm. sure if you're familiar with him. Of course. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And he has this really cool sort of inspirational video that I'm sure we can like link to or something and people can check it out. But he basically talks about how every creative person he's ever known um, who does like really awesome creative work and like really amazing stuff has had gone through a period where they like weren't f- making anything that was up to their standards of their taste, like what they what their tastes were and what they thought was good. And you struggle trying to kind of make stuff like let's focus on music, right? You struggle to make tracks that are as good as your references and the people that you look up to. And the only way to get through that noise and to really start making stuff that you're happy with is to create a volume of work, like just a ton of music, because it's only after doing it over and over and over again that you pick up subconsciously almost on all the little things that have to go into something simultaneously to make a really impressive product or track or something. Like there's so many little things that Mm. have to go right in order for a song to be successful. And you know, you can break them down one by one, like you know, little things, but um, even if you teach them all, like little things one by one, actually knowing how they all work simultaneously and doing them all at once is what I think really makes dope sounding music. And that just comes from time and effort and making a bunch of music. And I know for me, what was really cool is because I didn't focus at all on mixing or the technical stuff. And I think that's one thing that's a little bit, kind of detrimental to people nowadays that are getting into electronic music production is that there's just so much material out there and so much information on the technical side of stuff, the sound design, the mixing that that almost becomes this like overwhelming um, sort of like priority almost like people are like, Oh yeah. like that's the thing that's the important part. And it is crucially important and it, you know, it will make or break you as an artist for the most part, but the song writing and the music is I feel like the most important thing. And for me, fortunately I was able to like only focus on that for so long because that's all I knew about. So compositionally, like melody writing, chord progressions, rhythms, I got really confident in like making songs, arrangements, and like understanding how the average song sounded and worked. So that stuff is just so important, and I can't stress enough how if you are just starting out or if you've, you're just in this, like you gotta be able to grow there as well as um, sound design and mixing and all that stuff. You have to grow in all of the the pillars in order for it to like actually turn into something.
0: Yeah, I would even say songwriting is more fundamental than sound design and mixing, in the sense that like. Yeah, if you have a a well-mixed track that isn't well written, no one cares. Like no one's gonna listen to it because people listen to music for the emotional or how it elicits an emotion. You know, like there's these old trance tunes from the late nineties, which are horribly mixed, but they're timeless, you know, because they were they had a great melody or chord progression. Mixing is so important, but like people, yeah. I certainly focused on it way too early and I thought that was everything and you know, got two years in, and it's like I don't even know how to write a chord progression properly.
1: You know, it's it's uh, it's just one of those one of those things where it's like you, you got to learn them all. But mm. if you're just starting out, like you got to know what you should be focusing your time on. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was the point where you knew the quality of your music was good or good enough?
1: So I think I kind of. So, okay, well, really what happened was some, about my f- the beginning of my fourth year of college, so at this point, um, I had been making music for like four and a half years. I had been making electronic music in Ableton for like two and a half, three years almost. And I was starting to make things that were basically for me i would say not embarrassing that's how i would describe <laughs> them because i mean i'm sure they were you know my people that we'd shown to be like oh this is awesome like this is a great song but i i still like look back and cringe because i i'm mm-hmm. just my te- uh my taste is just you know really because i'm just you know this is what i do every day so i i hear all these little things that most people don't pick up on and um but i would say probably like four years into it like right when i was um a senior, we actually got approached by we had, you know, me and Braden had been releasing a couple songs on our own on SoundCloud and just like, you know, doing things here and there, finding small networking opportunities, playing a couple of big shows, like opening for bigger artists um through uh, an event production company on the Central Coast that we both used to kind of work for, um, which I we can also talk about that too. That was a cool little thing I forgot to mention. But um we basically uh, our manager, current manager now, Kristen, she went to Cal Poly as well. She was a year older than us and she had been graduated and was working at WME in Los Angeles, which is, you know, obviously a huge, um, music, like artist management and agency. Um, mm. they, you know, handled the biggest, some of the biggest artists in the world. And she was working there. And I think another company, three, six, zero, management and yeah. basically ended up, quitting both of those places to just kind of start her own artist, her own practice, her own management um, company, because she was like, you know, I like this. I know this is what I want to do, but I want to do it on my own terms. You know, she kind of had that realization. Um, And so she had heard about us through um, a friend of hers that was in the fraternity that Braden, my, uh, the guy, other guy in science was in. And so she reached out to us and was like, Hey, I really like your music. I think you guys have like a lot of potential and like your sound is already really good for like how small you are. And so she kind of made us think like, Oh wow. Like this girl's like pretty legit. And she really likes our music. And we honestly have no idea what we're doing in terms of like, you know, marketing our music. And we don't really understand like what labels are, what like any of that stuff is. We were kind of, you know, noobs in every other aspect and so she kind of came in and things just started to happen at a much more professional and like quick like level once she was involved. Um, you know, cause she she was very well connected. She was had networked and been living in LA for several years and just knew bigger artists, knew bigger teams, understood the industry. So she taught us a lot starting out like how to do that and this was also simultaneously when I started working with Sarek. So when that happened, mm-hmm. that was right when I took Sarek um, uh, Hyperbits, his master class with Braden, right. And um, we ended up taking the class, learning a lot. And then Sarek had briefly mentioned... Um, that like he needed help like his that everything was getting too overwhelming for him and that he needed he needed to like hire an assistant or something and i think my brain kind of saw that as like an opportunity like hey like this is something i could do that's music related that can make me some money so that maybe Mm -hmm. like this supplementing with me um you know working on music and stuff maybe this could be uh one of that sort of like light at the end of the tunnel type scenario right where you're like okay like i can maybe try to uh, make, turn this into something. And I really liked what he was doing and wanted to kind of help him improve it. And we just really clicked. And I had a lot of great ideas that he hadn't thought of. And he just, you know, we've been working together ever since. And it's been really awesome relationship, but we'll get into that more later. But um, so that was kind of like, I guess my fourth year. And when those two things happened and we actually started making a couple of the songs I had made right then were starting to for me just feel better. They just felt more like, okay, this is like actually a song that's like I feel like I like someone would want to listen to and like I'm kind of excited by it. Um pretty much that alone was enough for me to be like, all right, like, let me take a step back. Like if I really go for this for like the next couple of years, like I really have confidence in myself that I can make it happen. So I think it was less the quality of my music and more the the network that I had built at the time and the the community surrounding my my music and our music that we were making. And I mean, granted, the quality was getting better. And I knew that if I just kept doing it, I would get better and better and better because I was getting better every track, right? Every time I made a song, mm-hmm. it got better and the mix was better. The sound design was better, the composition. So I wasn't, you know, scared to to jump um, and do it because I just felt like all the pieces were there. And now all I had to do was like, you know, press the gas and go for it. And that it would, the only thing stopped me was going to be me like busting my ass to get it done. And so once you kind of have that realization, and if you're passionate about it, like it was an easy decision for me, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And that kind of led into pure mind because what happened was, is my, my parents have always been super supportive. My Um, my mom and my stepdad who live in New Mexico, they're both um in the creative industry as well. They um run and they own and run a nonprofit professional theater company in New Mm. Mexico. Um, it's actually the only, I think it's the only professional theater company in like all the Southwest. And so they've been doing that for, you know, years and years and years, ever since I was a little kid. So they're always been they've been very creative and very supportive of anything that I do that's creative because that's, you know, what they're passionate about. And I think they always kind of wanted me to do music. And they always kind of, I think when I would show them stuff I did, they got excited by it. And we're always like, Oh, this is so good. Like you should keep doing this. Um, and so they were almost like more encouraging than I was myself or even my friends <laughs> were. Cause they were like, yeah, like you should a hundred percent do that. Like, don't, you know, waste this, these years of your life, like doing something you hate, mm-hmm. like this is the time for you to, you know, mess up and try something that's gonna, that could fail, but like, at least you did it. And, uh, My mom actually, she moved to LA to do acting right after college and was there for like eight years here in LA doing that whole thing. So she's like, basically, I essentially did exactly what she did, but for a different industry. So there's nothing she could really say to me to be like, yeah, you shouldn't really do that because (laughs) she did it. So that was, um, that was helpful for sure. And, uh, but basically I was like, right at that point where I was like, okay, I'm good at producing. I'm decent at the engineering, but I feel like if I went to like a school, like icon or pyramid or something like that um Pure Mind, sorry and uh, really learned like full on again like everything from like professionals that I would really become like what I need to be and so I committed to going to peermind in San Francisco for a year right after school and um so I did that right after we graduated and the reason why I picked that over icon in LA was because at the time Braden who was doing science with me he had just gotten a job offer at Adobe in San Francisco right. and he wasn't in the position financially to not take up that job offer because yeah. he just really needed to make his own money, um, and you know, not that I was in a position to not make money either. I just fortunately I had been work. I had the you know the small gig I was doing with Sarek at the time, so I was making kind of a little bit of money there. Um, I had a couple of other random jobs that I was doing, um, and then I had saved up a lot of money from from earlier on in college. So I, I kind of had like a year buffer where I was like, all right, like I could I don't need to be working right now for a year at Boeing or something. I can do yeah. this. So, um, I picked San Francisco because he was there and I wanted to be closer to him as well as all my friends who happened to all go to San Francisco. So looking back, it was either that or icon. I was pretty much going to jump ship to either of those, but yeah, so I did that looking to get like, become an an absolute pro on the engineering side. Cause I was like, all right, mm-hmm. like if I can just be a crazy mixing engineer, sound designer and like songwriter, like I feel like that's, I'll have the ultimate tool set to just take this to the next level. And it was over that year in San Francisco that I sort of realized that I was pretty much didn't need it. Um, I don't think I necessarily it wasn't that I didn't learn anything at Piermine. I just kind of already knew so much and I sort of underestimated how much I knew going into it. Um, there was obviously things that I, you know, that were awesomely worth it. And like the people I met there were really cool and some of the networking opportunities, as well as some of the information and in some of the classes, but Overall, I'd say, you know, a majority of the stuff that I learned there was either something that I already knew or that wasn't very applicable to where I saw my future going because I did their complete program, which basically they, I don't know if you know much about Pure Mind as a school, but they offer electronic music production style education, but they also talk about like video game sound design and film scoring and stuff like that. So you can kind of cater your program to specific stuff. But they have this thing called the complete program, which is they literally just make you take every single class for all of them, oh. so that you have as many options as possible. So part of me was kind of like, you know, maybe I'll all of a sudden find out my real passion is like designing Foley for video games, and like I'll mm-hmm. do that. But um, it turned it out turned out after that whole year. I realized, nope, I just want to be an electronic music artist. And there was only basically a handful of classes I took that were super applicable to that. And Mm. of those, only a handful of those that I felt like I learned new things at. So, you know, it it was a great experience and I wouldn't change it because it has led me to where I am. And that year was a nice year of just focusing on music. And that was kind of one thing, regardless of the content of the school, an amazing thing for me was having a full year of my life where all I had to think about was music. There was no school, there was no job necessarily. It was like all music. And, you know, I did have Sarek, which I I can consider, you can consider a job. But to me, that was like the same thing. So it wasn't really a job. It was more just like, you know, working on developing music content for people. yeah. But that was something that was really cool going to a community every day where there were other kids my age just as passionate as me about what I was doing and you know going to lunch and talking about like sound design and like sample companies and shit like I couldn't do that in college like no one around me was a music producer. There was not a single person in my circle of of friends, um, or like you know th- that was into it. It was just either aerospace people or like my friends who were in fraternities, and we just like would go to parties and stuff. And like I just I never got that dose of like being surrounded by other musicians and other pr- producers. So that to me was was priceless for sure. Um, I had a great time um out there. And then uh, yeah, and then that wrapped up for about a year. And so this puts us at what two thousand and um seventeen. The beginning of 2017 and then i was like um or yeah middle and i was like all right well now i know what i'm doing i know what i need to do and i need to move to la and live near my manager and start networking and start making it happen out there and so mm. i just packed up my crap and moved to la um
0: was that an easy move there wasn't any like thinking like, oh, should I do this?
1: Yeah, not at all. I knew I was going to mm. move to LA after Peer mind almost like before I got to Peer mind That was kind of like the plan all along. It was like, okay, you're going to go to Peer mind for a year. Braden, you're going to work for a year and try to figure out a way to transfer down and work in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, and I did that. The minute it was over, I literally like a week after Peer mind ended, I I moved. Wow. And I moved down to LA. Um, Braden actually he he didn't move right away because he was still figuring out work stuff, but he was able to move um this last uh February. So just awesome. recently. So there was like a six-month or like a five-month buffer, but really not that long. Um, mm. and so he found a job down here and relocated. And basically, ever since I moved to LA, it's just been insane like how much has has happened for us and for me personally and just the networking and the quality of music and just the day-to-day, like the way I feel, it's just everything has improved dramatically. Why is that? So, I mean, I, a lot of it has to do with, you know, LA being such a hub for music. So the people that I'm constantly, um, interfacing with and networking with and meeting are all creative people at a, at a much more, um, I don't want to say higher level. It definitely is a higher level for the majority of them. Like just, you know, really talented people move to LA because this is like the biggest music hub in the world almost. So, um, but I will say regardless of their talent, just the intensity and the obsession factor of people's lives that are so dedicated to what they're doing creatively is just Mm -hmm. insane out here because that's just what it's all about in this, in this area. And so Everyone I meet is like is another you know version of someone like me who's super passionate about something you know super driven to be successful and to to do it in the music world or whatever you know music management um, being an agent any of those things that are all kind of in this scene so I just love being surrounded. like I told you earlier on like I just feed off of other people's energy really well so like being around other people like that really motivates me and drives me and on top of that just the amount of like sessions I was able to start to do because like I had mentioned at this point, you know, my manager had, it was two years after she was already super well connected and had even more just ridiculous connections and was just setting up studio sessions for us. I was meeting artists that like I looked up to and that like I would you know would have never dreamed of working with in that time frame. We had like a successful release with an artist um, while I was in San Francisco that um, that was bigger than us that, that did really well and kind of like launched our Spotify brand looking like more legit and was able to open up the doors to us working with way more vocalists. And um, I started getting really into the recording process for in writing for vocals. So like, it was just kind of a lot of little things. And on top of that, like working with Sarek and our Hyperbits, like we started doing a lot more stuff. I became much more of a pivotal role in the company Mm -hmm. and we started developing the courses, all our different courses and just lots of different stuff going on. But we're, we're, I'm kind of just everything sort of compounded into this like, you know, domino effect of just, you know, really driving me and making me grow as an artist down here and i mean i moved to la in october and i would say since october and it's you know july right now i've you know i've had at least 50 sessions if not more with with top liners singers songwriters writers i've been to several writers retreats and like songwriting camps through networking
0: um i didn't know those were really a thing
1: yeah, it's um, they're amazing. It's usually like some company or a family or a person will sponsor like a trip for a, a handful of singer songwriter producers to get together for like a week in like an Airbnb or a house or something and just make music and write mm. songs and and collaborate and network and become friends, really. And um, I was fortunate enough to have I've done two of them so far since I've been here. Um, and I just met a lot of really cool people and made a lot of really awesome music. That's really just sort of opened up a lot of doors as far as like networking and working with other people because of that. Cause you know, the industry for how big it is, is so small out here. Cause that's another thing is once you're in a hub like LA, people know other people, like everyone knows each other and, or at least, you know, follows them on Instagram or something. So you start to, you know, meet people and like, I'll have a session with a singer and I'll like post an Instagram story of me working with her. And then I'll get like DM'd by one of her friends who we have like four mutual friends. And she's like, Hey, we should get in a session together. It's like shit like that happens all the time now, which is like, you know, you really couldn't do that anywhere else other than a place like LA or New York or Nashville or one of those like big hubs.
0: I know there's quite a few listeners who are probably thinking, Oh, should I move to LA? You know, it's expensive. Maybe don't know if I'm at the right point. What advice would you give to them? Because I like, I don't think it's essential to live in LA to make it, but based on what you've just said, it sounds very, very conducive.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like I'm trying to think of an analogy for it. It's like, like, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very conducive. It's just, there's so many benefits to it that I would highly recommend it for anyone who's truly serious about making it as a electronic music producer. I just really don't see any other place being as valuable for you to live. Um, not by no means, like you said, is it required plenty of people do well, not being in LA to start funny enough though, most people that do well end up moving to LA because this is just where everything happens, like where all the labels and agencies are. And it's just like, and then plus, like most people just like it here. Cause it's it, the weather's nice and it's in California. You know, it's just like a good spot for a lot of people. So, um, it, you know, you'll end up probably moving here regardless, but <laughs> I, I would just say like, there's just nothing like being in a town or a city where music is at the forefront and is everything everyone does. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, would you, it's the same reason why, you know, you go to school when you're, you know, an adolescent, because you want to be surrounded by other adolescents, like learning, because it's a good environment to be in versus like being locked in your room with no one around. It's like, it's just, it's a good conducive environment to learn. And you, there's so many more opportunities that happen so much more frequently out here. And like we were talking about that volume of work, like it doesn't change. It's not like you do the volume of work and then all of a sudden, everything you make is amazing. You still got to keep cranking out as much as you can because it's like one out of every 10 songs that you're like, Oh damn, like this was a really good song. Like we should focus on this one. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would recommend anyone would move here. Obviously, you just got to be careful with it. You got to have a plan. You got to be able to afford it. You don't want to be homeless because that's going to like put on way more negative effects than it's being in LA's helpful. positive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely an expensive place to be, but there's plenty of places... That are a little further away that aren't that expensive. Like, and I mean, I live in Hollywood right now, which is obviously a decently expensive place to live. But I mean, you can be in other parts of Los Angeles that are much cheaper, like in the valley or North Hollywood, that you can definitely, a lot of people, a lot more people could afford. Um, but yeah, it's just like one of those things where you just, if you're really passionate about it and you see somewhat of that, um, you know, the the landing that you were, the analogy you were talking about, um, like you see the end result, like make LA be a part of it and I promise that it will, you know, happen faster and mm-hmm. you'll have a better network and meet more friends. I mean, I've, I have so many friends from college that aren't creative people, um, but there's just something about being friends with other creative people that's just easier. Almost, it's like yeah. you—everyone gets each other. You understand yeah. the the trials and tribulations, and everyone has like the same kind of vibe and energy. And so, I mean, even though I've only been here since October, some of the friends I've met here in the music production world and like songwriting world, I almost feel like I'm just as close with them as I was with friends um from college i mean you know it's it's definitely like i wouldn't give uh, my friends from college it was a totally different experience and i love them to death but it's like sometimes having another creative person that's next to you that knows exactly what you're thinking all the time it's just a different type of friendship that's like super valuable and like super um fun to have you know
0: are there any downsides to living in la
1: um I mean, yeah, like the traffic kind of sucks. it's <laughs> you get used to it, but you pretty much shouldn't leave your house between like the hours of two p m and eight pm every day, um wow. or else it's like annoying to get anywhere. I mean, it's doable, but it's it's not the easiest um it's definitely a little expensive, like I'm not gonna lie like going out on the weekends and stuff like I you know it it's a the cost of living here is just higher than most places mm. um. Down, other downsides. I mean, I honestly, like other than those two, I, I mean, I love the weather's amazing. The people, I, I, A lot of, a lot of people who don't live in LA tend to think, and I got this a lot when I was in San Francisco from people that, when I told them like, oh, I'm moving to LA, they would just be like, well, isn't everyone in LA like super stuck up and like, like, right. you know, yeah, hold themselves. That. And obviously like, you're going to get that. I mean, you'll get that anywhere you go, but in, and the enter in the entertainment world, there's clearly going to be assholes who think they're the shit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that like you, that that's the norm. And I, I think the majority of the people I've met here by far, like I would even say upwards of like 95% of the people I've met here are standout people that are just super passionate and do love to do what they love to do. Like I do and are working their ass off to be something. And I, love mm-hmm. that and i feel like it's one of the only places where i feel like the everyone around you is like striving to do what they want to do because they're passionate about it and not not like they're doing a job because they want to make money and they want to like you know they're just doing something because they have to do it kind of vibe and that's what i got right. in san francisco more than anywhere else i've ever been i just felt like everyone i met there who was in either like the tech industry or random um, you know, jobs, like everyone it felt like everyone was just ha- was having a job just because they needed to make money. They needed to have like a certain status. And it wasn't even because they were actually passionate about it. So it's really nice and refreshing to be around people who are truly passionate about what they do and only wanna, you know, they want to do it because they love doing it.
0: So you recently took a more pivotal role as you said with hyperbits. What's it like working with with CERIC? I mean, uh we both know him. He's come on the podcast twice. Good friend of mine. Seems like a great guy, but I don't work with him. So, yeah, no,
1: uh, Serik's great. I mean, I've, he's like, truly is like a mentor to me and you can't fit. say anything bad. Cause he might listen to this. Yeah. I mean, he, there's no way he's going to listen to me talk for an hour and a half. There's just no way. But, um, if he does, he can hear that. I no. I mean, he's great. Like we we're mm. very similar. Um, we have similar tastes musically and we have similar work ethics. It is, it has been definitely a learning experience for both of us. Um, I mean, we started in what, like 2015, 2016, early 2016, somewhere in there. Um, after I took his class, we went from me kind of just like helping him by email every once in a while to yeah. now I'm essentially like a partner in this, in the Hyperbits. bits. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. involved with everything from, the onboarding and the background stuff to like all of the content development. This last masterclass, I actually ran the entire class by myself. I mean, he was there sometimes, but I've, I've definitely become a much more, um, prominent role. And so we've really grown like and changed a lot. And so it's been, you know, fun, interesting. There's obviously, you know, things we've had to work out and, and, you know, problems with each other's like occasionally that'll come up, but it's never anything that isn't fixable with just like a simple conversation or whatever it is. And um, I think we're both really good at recognizing when the other person is, is frustrated and struggling Mm -hmm. and we do a good job at helping them out whenever that happens. So, I mean, it's been great. I've, I mean, he's, he's technically my boss and I've, I can honestly say I've, he's one of the best bosses I've ever had. Haven't had a lot, but I mean, he's, Mm -hmm. He's, he's been great. And, um, he also is really easy to bounce ideas off of. And we do that with each other all the time. And we, you know, we come from such different backgrounds, but we have such similar kind of goals in life. And so Mm. it's really nice to be able to, um, to talk about, uh, like, things together and, and and understand where the other person's coming from a little bit more than like the average person would because we both kind of similar like had a job we didn't like ended up quitting that job or like stopping it to pursue music and then found ourselves in this educational music space and realized we really had a passion for teaching and explaining things and so for me like I love I love being able to explain something that's super complicated um and to someone who's creative and for them to be able to use that to be more creative like that like yes. honestly gets me high like 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 nothing else like it's great it just feels amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I that's why I do what I do with him cuz I just love love being able to help out other artists and other producers it's just such a valuable thing for me so and he loves, you know, doing that as well. So it's, it's, it, we always find ways to, to help each other do that and in the best way. And, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who brain dumps, like I've just got so much, so many things I've learned over the years. And I, I just, I love becoming obs- like, I, I obsess over knowing something inside and out. So like, if I download mm. a plugin, like I spend, I'll spend three hours messing with the plugin, reading the manual, finding out all the little things. Whereas I feel like the average person will get a plugin and mess with it for a little bit and then kind of forget that they got it. And then yeah. it goes in yeah. the, on the back burner. Like I, I really get into things like that. So, I mean, I just love sharing kind of all my in-depth knowledge. And then Sarek has a knack for taking that really technical stuff and, and putting it into a medium that's like absorbable for the average person. And um, it's it's just been great. Like we work, we make a really good team and, and we're developing a lot of really cool things together. And uh, and yeah, and just like a little, you know, um, it'll the, probably the only time I'll talk about it on this, but like we, we run this masterclass and we basically, in, in eight weeks, we like tell you how to make, essentially we take someone who's been making music for a year, maybe two years, who knows how to do it, but it just doesn't sound good. And we give you all the tools you need in every aspect, whether that's like sound design, composition, mixing, mastering, music business, all that stuff to get to, The level essentially that Sarek and I are at, which is, you know, Sarek's had like 15 hype machine number ones. We've both had successful label releases, remixes, remixes for official artists that are really big pop artists. You know, we've kind of done a lot of the things that I feel like a lot of producers want to be doing. And so it's a Mm -hmm. great, it's a great course to just kind of show every tool in our toolbox and just kind of showcase that.
0: Yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about the masterclass. So I recommend it to a ton of people. Yeah, it's a, a great. Thing. I mean,
1: yeah, it's been it's been great. I love love working out as part of it.
0: Yeah, and you've got something coming up in August. I think you mentioned before. Yeah, I so
1: um, we we've done these in the past, but essentially, um, a, there's this thing called a start to finish. Which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically. Me in my, on my computer recording my voice and recording my screen creating a song um, from start to finish from an empty DAW, an empty blank Ableton session, all the way to rendering out the final master that you would send off to labels and things like that. So we've done these in the past. Um, and they've been really beneficial for a lot of, a lot of students. And I'm currently developing my next start to finish, which, um, will be coming out in August. So, um, we'll obviously be, you know, it'll be all over the internet and we'll be advertising it more, but there's um, something to look forward to, to kind of see me as an artist, like for science, like what we're all about, the kind of songs we're working on and taking one of the songs that we're developing and, you know, recording everything, um, from the, from the gecko, everything with the vocal, with the song itself, the mixing, the mastering, just all the little details that you'd want to see a producer show you from their records, how they get it to sound the way they get it to sound. Um, so it's pretty, it's a pretty, pretty cool course. Um, I'm really excited by it. Um, so yeah, that's something to look out for in August.
0: Fantastic. Well, Zach, I've got one more question for you. Uh, then we'll wrap this up. Let's say you're walking down the street in LA, Hollywood, and uh, this UFO comes along. They're going to abduct you, take you away. But they give you a pen and a piece of paper, and they say that you can write down three pieces of advice to leave behind. What is on that piece of paper?
1: Oh, geez. That's a hard question. Do they have to be like advice to music producers, or can it just be like life advice?
0: It can be general advice. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'd say first and foremost, like spend as much time as you can with your friends and family every day. Like no matter what, just always spend time with people around you that you enjoy spending your time with. Don't waste your time like with people that aren't your friends or that are not help, you know, not, not mutually benefiting off of you being a person. Like if, if they're just people in your life that, you know, are drain the energy from the room, like get them out of there. Like don't, don't do that. (laughs) Um, And then I would say do what you love to do and do it to the best and most frequent of your ability. Like, just don't ever do stuff that you know you aren't passionate about. Like, find what you're good at and or what you're passionate about, get really good at it, and then you'll figure out a way to make money doing it. Like, that's just kind of how um, capitalism works. Like it'll happen. Like you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, but do what you love to do and start it as soon as possible and make, if you don't have a lot of time, just make, try to make some time for it and like try to figure out how you can get better at something. If you do have like life, if life gets in the way and you just have to, you know, keep a job you don't like or whatever, like there's plenty, there's, there's plenty hours in the day, um, to get some, something done. And then, um, lastly, I would say be, Oh, like, I would say for sure like exercise and eat healthy like w- yes. as soon as possible and and don't give up on that because a- everything about keeping your body like healthy just co- translates to all the other aspects of your life. Like you're, you're, so you're, important. Yeah, you're like, you know, everything from your love life to your business to your creativity and all that. It's just all correlates so heavily with the way you eat and the types of exercise you do. So go outside, go on hikes, go for runs, go to the gym, find like a gym buddy to go with. If you get enough sleep, yeah, sleep. Yeah. Sleep super important. Just be healthy. Um, so yeah, be hang out with your friends and family, be healthy and do what you love to do. Don't do shit. You hate. That's probably the
0: biggest things. That's awesome. Uh, finally, where can people find you online?
1: So my artist project is Science it's spelled with a y so it's S Y E N C E and uh we have you know SoundCloud Facebook Spotify so you can just search that and it'll pop up um Sarah and I we run this Hyperbits school it's just hyperbitsmusic.com and you can find like all the cool stuff we do to help other producers and songwriters and stuff on there um yeah and that's pretty much it I uh, I don't really have a website or anything, um, but you know, we. But between those two things, is pretty much my life. So.